Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and Happy New Year! We are now in 2023. Can you believe it? And very fitting for January 1st, I have decided to put together an episode about resolutions with you. As you can tell, that's a very timely topic, given that most people make resolutions on the new year. But in case you're coming to this episode at some other random time of the year, I just want you to know that this really is talking about resolutions of any kind. Anytime you make a commitment or a promise to yourself, if you state a goal or ambition to yourself in your mind, or maybe even to the people you know, this information is meant to help you you navigate the resolution predicament while being as loving and kind to yourself as possible. Because resolutions definitely leave you vulnerable to the possibility of looking at all the ways you do not measure up as a human being. So I'm hoping this will be a great resource for you to maybe approach resolutions in a way you haven't done before. My personal history with resolutions is, yes, I do them. Uh, Not everyone does. Not everyone feels compelled to state what their yearly goals are at the beginning of the year. But I do like to review my life on my birthday and on the new year. At the end of the year and again in August, which is not exactly every six months. Wouldn't it be lovely if my birthday was like maybe in June? (laughs) Then they would be spaced out perfectly well, but they're not. So it's August and January when I tend to review my life, my goals, where I'm going, what I want to achieve. And I do find that momentary pause to kind of look around me and see if I'm happy with the way things are or if there's any changes that I want to make that kind of thoughtful reflection, it serves me well, but that's not true for everybody. So I will definitely understand if you are in the other camp. And in the past, my resolutions had two major flaws. The first was that I tended to make really unrealistic resolutions. I'm going to become fluent in five languages by December. of 2023, something like that, where it would just not be feasible to see that level of progress in the time in which I have given myself to do it. So basically something really ambitious and then a very limited amount of time in which to achieve that. So even if I was unrealistic in that way, I make it even more unrealistic by making sure that I have like 10 or 20 of those goals at the same time. So Even if you had one really big goal and you pushed hard on it for a year, maybe you could do that, but you definitely couldn't do what I was trying to do, which is have 20 crazy big goals that are to be achieved back to back to back in a year. So that was one major flaw that I had in creating my resolutions. They were usually unrealistic and they set me up for failure. And then the second flaw was that I would then use those failures as an opportunity to be really unkind and horrible to myself, to speak poorly to myself, to 
reinforce a negative view that, oh, see, I can't do these things that I think I do, see, I never measure up, so on and so forth. Basically, reinforcing those narratives that I had acquired throughout my childhood, throughout my toxic interactions with my narcissistic father, through my different trauma experiences, setting myself up to fail in this way so that I could keep those narratives and stories alive in myself, which is really interesting if you think about it, because often the point of making a resolution is because you want to change something. You want to grow in some way. And so when you create an unrealistic expectation, when you set yourself up for failure and then when you inevitably are not able to do this insurmountable thing that you said you would, and you go, aha, see, I knew you sucked. (laughs) It's the opposite of the energy of a good resolution or a good commitment to yourself. Making a resolution or making commitment to yourself is saying, I can change, I know I want to change, and I'm going to do this. But fortunately, over time, I did find more helpful ways to create resolutions more loving ways to foster progress in my own life. So one of the techniques I use is I post my resolutions somewhere that I can see them on a daily basis. So right now I have 22 things for 2022 posted, just written out on a piece of notebook paper, printed neatly with some cute stickers on it above my desk in my office. So I see it every day when I sit down to open my computer It's right there in front of me, so it reminds me constantly what it is I'm aiming for, what I'm trying to achieve, that I would probably forget about had I just typed it into a Word document and forgot about it. And if you're curious about the 22 things in 2022, I got the numbering situation from Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen Rubin wrote a couple of habits books. I really like her work, The Happiness Project, if you want to check her out, her stuff is really cool. And um, in one of her books, I'm so sorry, Gretchen, I do not remember which one it is right now, but in one of the books, she talks about how she has a number of resolutions based on, I think it was the year. So for me, I think I started it in 2019, maybe. So maybe it was like 18 things in 2018, 19 things in 2019, so on and so forth. Obviously, I can't keep going this way forever, because if I make it to like 2060, what do I do? 60 things for 2060, right? They become unreasonable, but I'm still going with it so far, even though I'm already in the 20s. So I had 22 things for 2022, and I'll probably have 23 things for 2023. I'll probably cut myself off at 25. 25 is a nice, uh, I was going to say round, even number, but it's not either of those, I don't believe. No, it is a round number because a round is no decimals, right? Oh my gosh, we've introduced math into the podcast quickly move on. (laughs) Another healthy thing that I would do uh, for resolutions is I try to be far more reasonable. I already touched on this in the introduction, but my earlier resolutions were very unreasonable, setting myself up, trying to deliver the moon and stars as a way to reinforce those narratives. So now the things that I put on my list are very reasonable, very obtainable. Maybe if it's a big goal, like a huge goal. So for example, I do have the ambition to be fluent in Spanish. So one of my things might simply be, you know, find a Spanish teacher, have five Spanish lessons. So really breaking it down, not saying I will be fluent and pass the exam for Spanish fluency by December 31st, 2023. Instead of having something like that, have a very reasonable first, second, or maybe even third step on the list and having them count as each individual thing. So I told you I have 22 things. So 
each of those would be one. So one would be find a Spanish teacher. Two would be five lessons. Three would be practice for 10 hours on Duolingo or something. You know, so I wouldn't try to bundle all those things together because that's another way of being reasonable is not to put too much on a single line, on a single aspect of your sheet. Also, I find it healthy to be spherical in my ambitions. And what I mean by spherical is that not all of my resolutions pertain to the same thing. So what that means is that not all of my resolutions are about my business or about my writing or about my relationship or my health. You know, I try to have different ones for all the different areas of my life so that I can grow in a spherical way, in a expansive way, and not just be cramming all of my attention into one area of my life. There's nothing wrong with concentrating on an aspect of your life, especially if it's an area you've been neglecting. So let's say you really neglected your health in 2022 and now, you know, your health is not great and you need to make a lot of changes in your health. Of course, absolutely start identifying those small steps that will help you to turn things around in that department. If you don't have a significant deficit in an area, it's healthier to look at your life in a more holistic way, trying to find areas of growth across many different aspects because when we only concentrate on one part of our lives, it really increases the pressure we put on ourselves to be successful or to be happy in that one way. So if you only have one or two things in your life and both of those things happen to be terrible (laughs) at a given time, then you feel like your whole world is terrible, right? But if you've got 10 or 15 things that are really important to you and most of them are doing well and only two or three of them are really suffering, then it doesn't feel like your whole world is falling apart, right? You can find support and strength from other areas in your life that are doing well. So I just encourage you to think about different ways that you would like to grow and not just putting all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Another thing that I find really helpful when I make resolutions is to be very clear on what I want and why I want it, why it even matters to me. Because I've definitely been guilty in the past of wanting something just because other people want it hello, lose 20 pounds so that I can be a size negative zero or something crazy. (laughs) You know, I don't really truly care about those markers. I care about them because other people care about them. You know, other people are more obsessed with their size, how much they weigh, that kind of thing. But I honestly do not care what the scale says. As long as I don't get on the scale, I look at it and freak myself out. But otherwise, you know, if I'm not paying attention to those things, they occupy zero space in my mind. So that tells me that I do not care about them, truly. So I try to be really careful when I make resolutions to be sure that it's something I want, not something that someone else has convinced me that I want. And I do that by clarifying why do I want it? Why does this matter to me? And if I can't answer that question, why I want it, or the question, why does it matter to me, then that's a clue that maybe this isn't really one of my desires. Maybe it's something I picked up from someone else along the way, and I should look at that again. And then, of course, another thing to keep in mind when making resolutions is I try to be very careful about how I speak to myself. I do not let this become an opportunity to beat myself up, to speak to myself horribly. So the language that I use when I write out the resolutions is really important. I try to make sure that I have it in a very open, 
curious, excited, positive language that's not like, you know, you got to lose 20 pounds or you suck. (laughs) You know, however you would frame that in a way that would be demanding or aggressive. I just try to be mindful about how I write it down because, again, I'm going to be looking at this every day because I've put it on a sheet above my desk. So it needs to be encouraging and kind and polite because I'm going to be reinforcing that message all year long. And so it matters how I write that down. So if I do it the first few times and I'm like, God, that sounds really judgmental how I wrote that sentence, then I'll rewrite it until I find a kinder way to say it. I will crumple up 20 pieces of paper and put them all in the recycling bin, of course, because one of my resolutions is usually something about being a better steward for the environment. But uh, whatever it takes, I do what I can to make sure that those resolutions are well-worded. The wording matters. And then last but not least, if I fail to meet a resolution, I'm very careful about how I think about myself, how I talk to myself, all the things that come at the end of the year. So maybe what you're doing right now, maybe you're looking back on 2022 and you're thinking, oh, I didn't do this, this, and this. You know, I've got no discipline or I really need to work on this. If you're already giving yourself a hard time, be mindful of that. Try to interrupt that habit. Try to break that habit. And definitely don't use this year's resolutions as an opportunity to berate yourself some more. That's not going to do you any good and it's not going to help you have a great relationship with yourself if you're always unkind and mean to yourself every time you try to grow and improve. If you remember from some of the episodes that I talked about my father, how terrible he made it for me every time I try to learn something new, then you will remember that trying to grow in an aggressive, toxic environment is not helpful to you. And resolutions are essentially meant to be encouragement to grow in one or more areas of your life. So don't be that terrible person to yourself. Don't be that person who zaps your curiosity, your playfulness, your sense of adventure. Don't rob yourself of the chance to have fun with this, to see what you're made of, to challenge yourself to grow. Because this can go one of two ways. You can either use your resolutions to prove to yourself that you're worthless, that you're stuck, that you're never going to change, that you're hopeless. Or you can use your resolutions to help yourself fall in love with healthy growth, not perfection. You can use them to create a habit of loving yourself, of encouraging yourself, of building yourself up rather than tearing yourself down. Because this is definitely a space for working on how you think about yourself, how you talk to yourself. Can you train yourself to view yourself as perfect as you are, but also to believe that you have room to grow? Can you fall in love with the process of becoming? Can you develop a mindset that feels expansive and exciting Or will it come from that place of lack, of you telling yourself what garbage you are? And what I mean by falling in love with the process of becoming, it's a slow process, right? We never see changes or results as quickly as we think we will. So it can be very frustrating. It can be very aggravating. It can add a lot of tension and stress to our lives if we feel like we're not getting where we should be as quickly as we want to. And the best way I've found to relieve that pressure, that stress, to not be so hard on myself is to really enjoy the process of becoming whatever it is that I'm going to become. Enjoying that sense of progress, those slow moments, those quiet moments that are often just me at my desk doing something, you know, with the Spanish example, just me with my little book. And, you know, sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'll be conjugating a verb, something real exciting. 
But, you know, I'll look up and I'll see my little dog and he's snoring on my feet and maybe I've got a candle burning and it's just the snow is gently falling outside. And these are just beautiful little moments from our lives that make it worth living. So just try to enjoy those moments, those moments of becoming. Try to fall in love with those snapshots of just you living your life. That is what we're here for. And it never feels like it because I feel like we get so many messages about we got to hurry up and get there. It's the destination. It's not the journey, so on and so forth. But the moments where I've been the happiest really have been those quiet moments where I just look up and I'm like, hey, you know, this is me. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is a beautiful present moment just as it is. And so try not to rush through that because the only thing you're rushing toward is death. (laughs) I don't mean to be dramatic, but you know, really, that's that's what you're passing by. You're throwing away all these little moments just to hurry up and get to somewhere to find a resolution. See, look, see what I did with the wordplay there. We want things to be wrapped up nicely. That's how we like our lives. We crave resolution, and I'm saying that you can do even better than that. And since the healthy way to make resolutions is to have small, bite-sized steps, break it down, don't overdo it and to really be mindful of how you speak to yourself, how kind you are to yourself in this process. It wouldn't hurt to have a plan for what you're going to do if you cannot meet one or more of your resolutions. Because you're going to want to not do the, aha, I knew it, I knew that I'm awful. You're going to want to have something else that you can immediately fall back on. So maybe also make a plan for what you will do if you succeed and what you will do if you don't meet all your goals. Outline that along with your resolutions so that you're completely set for the whole process going into the new year. So all I'm saying here is that resolutions can be a fun and helpful way to get excited about a new year, about a new chapter in our lives, or it can be used as a tool to make ourselves miserable. And I'm suggesting that you not do that. (laughs) Don't make yourself miserable if you can help it. So go forth make those aspirations. Please speak kindly to yourself as you go along, and I hope that you have an amazing year. And that's it for this episode, and I say this every time, but I will say it again, that it is my sincerest wish that you found something useful in today's episode, and that as you look ahead to your new year, that you are filled with hope and excitement for all of the amazing things that are coming your way. I really do hope that 2023 is just wonderful for you. Dream big, and while you're dreaming, know that I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human, but until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.